My guest's invitation today for you is, are you ready to move into unity consciousness through the heart? Welcome to Love featuring your host, Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. What is faith? Why have faith? And how do you get some faith? In today's episode, I am joined by Love Life show favourite, Rebecca Brown, where we discuss all things to do with faith. Rebecca and I had a private conversation recently after she'd experienced a wonderful heart-centred aha moment. As we chatted about this, I knew we had to stop our conversation and make a time to hit the record button, as Rebecca was sharing such beautiful wisdom with me that I knew that you would all enjoy hearing it too. So here it is. Gorgeous, Rebecca. What is faith to you? I've always had a definition of faith, if we want to, you know, go into our minds a bit. Um, But I feel like the definition really captures it beautifully. The definition I always use when I'm teaching is faith is believing in something without evidence. I sometimes say to people that particularly if they're very analytical head people and they don't want to be naive, you know, that big word. I don't want to be gullible. I don't want to be naive. I don't want to be stupid. All those negative words. I will actually suggest that they start to gather evidence of something that is greater than themselves. So do the tests and and get your evidence. But at some point, you get to a moment where you've got so much evidence that you need to surrender to the conclusion And that therefore that becomes faith because it is now gullible or naive or stupid, if we want to use those words, to no longer believe because you've asked for the evidence, you've gathered it, you've got it, now surrender. And that is faith, which is a a knowing. Mm. How do you feel about that? I think that is absolutely wonderful, really good, and it's a great great advice for people, you know, our modern world where we have grown up often, you know, with science and academics and all of that type of thing. So I think that's a, a good approach to transition. But I really do feel um, what you said around the surrender, the point of surrender, because really at the end of the day, faith is more of a, a feeling knowing vibration you know it's an inner thing it's not something tangible that we can measure so to speak so it is important to get to that point of surrender and I've seen that all the time even within myself like I want to know I want to know I want to understand it all and be able to explain it all and analyze it all but really it comes down to the feeling of the divine presence that is within you, that is there as a support, which makes all the difference. Sometimes I find I forget faith. I have to remind myself that all is well. All is as it's meant to be. I am supported. I am loved. I am capable of of whatever. And and I need these reminders, which is sometimes why I use the Love Life show for the reminders for myself, where, you know, I might do an episode on getting the tribe to share their stories of of when did something unexpected happen to you or, you know, what were the dark nights of the soul and the beautiful gifts that came from it? Because everything is faith 
when we remind ourselves of faith, there's an easing of the pain of the fear of the trauma. Mm, Definitely. I feel that really the outcome of not having faith is a lot of worry in our lives and we worry about everything. We might worry about our future, you know, in regards to career and so forth. We worry about our family and if they're okay. We might worry about our children at school and we have that general fear around life. And so when we bring faith in, it's just what you said. I love those words, all is well, knowing that all is well, regardless of what our physical life might be showing us. So faith, you know, is so important when we really think about what it is. And actually in the last 2,000 years in our Earth's history, we've actually been exploring faith as a major inquiry, I guess, because we've been in the age of Pisces for the last 2,000 years. So we sort of travel in 26,000-year cycles and going through each of the 12 constellations. So it's about 2,500 years actually. So the major theme of Pisces is actually about faith. So it's very interesting that we had the coming of the Christ and so forth. And obviously we can see that a lot of the major issues in the world are based in, you know, differences in faith or religion and so forth. So we've really been exploring what faith means. So I really invite people as they listen to this show to explore what faith means for them within as well, not just what we're talking about it, but to go inside and what what does faith mean to them? Because it's a hot topic when you start talking about religion. It is a trigger for many people to have very strong emotional reactions to. And I feel that I like to think of my faith or my religion as being inclusive. And inclusive meaning that heart-centered space of love, acceptance, and I'm happiest when I am not the judgy, judgy, judgy Jane that I used to be. (laughs) I'm happiest in that space. And that for me is my religion. But I also equally love exploring different religions and gaining the wisdom that suits me, that sits with me. I recently had the pleasure of interviewing a lovely man, and I'll put the link in the show notes in Bali about Hinduism. And it was so beautiful. And only a couple of nights ago, I was talking to a friend about Kabbalah and Jewism. And it was the beautiful teachings in all of these books, the Bible, the Quran are so heart-centered, loving, accepting, connective, kindness, compassion, and there's the word empathy, which we talked about only a few weeks ago on an episode, that I can't see any contradictions really when we look at that essence of their beautiful holy books. How do you sit on all of the religion, different religion things? Well, we could talk about that topic (laughs) for days and days and days. (laughs) But I'll come back to something that I channeled through for the precess diploma that will be starting next year. And it's called the Wheel of All Faiths. And actually, I was guided to make that copyright free and so forth. And at the moment, it's embedded in the big outline, which is 60 pages. So I might extract that out. And I feel like what might be beneficial as well is to record some sort of unifying meditation. Because the thing is, 
we have what we're consciously aware of around different religious woundings and conflicts, but also think of the past life energy there. That's where it's actually most enormous usually, where obviously think of all the historical movies and what we know and most of the conflicts were based in religion and most of the trauma was based in um, a lot of religious sort of things, you know, being burnt at the stake or, you know, women being um, labelled an adulterer or something like that. And, you know, there's so many different things, people being labelled as heretics. So I would like to offer a healing meditation. Oh, that would be divine. Thank you. I was getting the guidance the other day and I did it for myself. I got all of the aspects of myself around a table that were of different religions and I called them through from my whole soul, so all the different lifetimes. And we did a whole lot of healing and unifying is the most important vibration because we are moving into unity consciousness. And, you know, they were showing me that a lot of the conflicts in the external world around religion are really a reflection of what's going on within each of us. So if we can all take responsibility for ourselves and unify those aspects, heal those aspects, and that will make a big difference in the outside world. This wheel of all faiths is beautiful. It's basically just a wheel and it has the major, I know there's many variations, but it has the major religions of the world and that's where I see things moving. And so, for instance, in the training that I will be doing with this, the priestess training, priest-priestess training, um, we draw on every religion. And interestingly enough, I'm actually doing some study myself with a college in America, a certificate in comparative religion, and we're going through the different ones. Ah, that would be fascinating. A friend of mine was recently talking about, I think it was down in Nowra in New South Wales, um, recently all the churches have got together. Oh. Apparently there's huge amounts of, um, you know, obviously the ice problem. Yes, massive. Yes, in country towns and in Australia, and also there are a large number of youth cutting themselves, harming themselves through cutting. Yes. So actually it's become such a big problem that it's triggered an amazing thing that all the churches have come together. Oh, I just had the most beautiful vision of being in a holy temple, a place of worship, whatever it is, church, cathedral, and hearing a different speaker, if we say weekly, hearing a different speaker from every different religion would be so beautiful or to have a topic and have you know four or five different beautiful spiritual leaders from different religions all sharing their version on that topic would be wonderful Actually, I think that's an idea for a new podcast. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) I'm thinking about it in my temple in Sydney. Maybe it's something I could organise. (laughs) It'd be beautiful. It'd be so gorgeous. The central principle of love is there in all religions and sometimes, you know, it's got distorted, as we know. Um, But if we come back to the love that's there, then I think we can unify through love through that love. Yes, which is so beautiful. And I I have such admiration, respect, and I call on the ascending masters of every different religion. But I, I do feel it's important for us to go to the shadow side and to remind people that where there is good, there is bad. Where there is light, there is dark. Where there is yin, there is yang. And so too, we have that with religion. 
And so I was originally raised uh, Catholic and in my 20s or late 20s, early 30s, threw a bit of a tantrum and decided that um, I am denouncing my Catholic heritage. <laughs> and so I threw a tantrum and I left and I became reconfirmed in the Anglican church. I went church shopping for a while and I look at where that came from. And for me at that point, as quite a rebellious, outspoken young woman, I was angry at uh, actually, and here we are about to have a vote on same gender equality in this country, but I was actually angry that gay people couldn't take Holy Communion. And I realized I was an activist for same gender uh, equality right back then, because that was my protest. I'm not going to step foot in your church until you allow that. And at the same time, it was also a bit of a protest about women's equality. And why can the feminine not be a priest? I just rebelled against that. And then I moved to the Anglican church because they had female ordination. And then, you know, from that point, I started exploring, you know, Buddhism and Hinduism and many other religions. So I have been a bit of a shopper, but I rejected a religion if it wasn't in complete alignment with my beliefs. And here I am many decades later realizing that probably wasn't the greatest thing to do to be of service to me because I was not accepting the shadow side, yet I wanted the beauty. And mm. so I feel more so than ever now, and if we do talk Catholic, I, I still am incredibly triggered by the pedophilia, which is, you know, absolutely proven is, is abundant, unfortunately, throughout the religion. But there are so many beautiful people that are teaching, that are priests, that are teaching beautiful wisdom, that are doing great work, that... I want to embrace in my vibration. So I've kind of gone full circle with a bit more maturity and recognizing <laughs> that there is a shadow side and that's okay. And if I embrace something, I don't have to hang out with the bad stuff to receive the good stuff. Ooh. So that was how I came to be at peace with being able to be inclusive of every different religion. Ooh. We've all got our bad stuff, haven't we? We've all got it. You know, people who love me, anyone's listening loves me, well, you know what, I've got a shadow side too and it's not that lovable. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that word inclusive. That's wonderful because it really, you know, the new age on earth is about unity and wholeness and, um, and I think I've really just, you know, learned something from you as well around that accepting the light and the shadow. And for me what I've been sort of experiencing is, you know, I've seen the shadow in the new age industry. So the new age has a shadow side. It's, you know, one of them is extreme commercialism. Yes. It's really going out there at the moment. And so I was getting very disheartened with that. And I had a had a, an amazing experience recently where I actually decided to go along to a Hillsong service. They have huge numbers, don't they? I've been two weeks now in a row and one was about 500 people, I'd say, and the other was one or 2,000 people. And it was magical because I think they're called a Pentecostal Christianity and I must say I would highly recommend everyone to go at some point to something like that because particularly with Hillsong and the like, they have wonderful music and it's very modern. And you can actually get it on Spotify, look up some of the Hillsong United, I think they're called, something like that. And the music's very modern. The crowd's very, the pastors are both men and women, young pastors as well in their early 20s, you know, and so they look 
cool and hip and all of that. It was just totally different to, you know, my old experiences of the solemn church and the angelic choirs and old people generally, you know. So I was a bit blown away. But for me, I had a beautiful experience of faith, of pure faith. And that's what I got to feel there. And, you know, when I really reflected, I don't think I have felt or no, I know I haven't felt that strong an energy of faith in any spiritual, any spiritual new age setting. Wow, that's a big statement because you have spent a lot of time in this, well, what's become an industry. I have. (laughs) And attended a lot of different workshops and retreats and talks and seminars and conferences. And wow. So why is that, do you think? What was collectively going on energetically? I think there are a group energy there and I've really dived into this because it was pretty, it was a bit of life-changing experience for me, to be honest. (laughs) And it was unexpected, I take it as well. Yeah, it was just, we just went randomly, sort of spur of the moment, went with a friend of mine and I didn't know what to expect. I just went open-hearted and I feel like one of the reasons is, is because they don't fluff around. They go straight to Jesus, straight to God, you know, straight to the source, the creator, and they focus on that the whole time. So in that belief system, they feel that so Jesus and God are one and the same, basically, you know, Jesus is the son of God, but they're the same sort of energy. Yes. And um, so whereas we tend to look at in New Age, Jesus more as an ascended master, very powerful, of course, Mm -hmm. but he's one of many ascended masters. And so for me, it was really going straight to the source and they don't muck around with a lot else. They just praise Jesus or God the whole time through the music, through the sermons and so forth. It had a lot of universal messages. The sermon that I saw in the first time was all about colour and how we're all white light and we separated into the different, you know, like a rainbow where different colours. The sermon was all about prejudice and how to look in within ourselves and to see how we might be prejudiced, looking at people of different colours, for instance. The whole idea is to all come back to one light. So I thought that was a very universal message. That is, isn't it? So that's sounding like a very, a sermon that is self-development based. Mm, Yeah. Which is wonderful. Because I know many people, myself included, like I remember trying to read the Bible and finding it really hard to read. It's not an easy read. But this sounds like beautiful, easy to understand interpretation of how you can implement some of the lessons of that day into your everyday life. That's right. What you're saying with the shadow, like especially the next week I went was a little bit more, you could say, preachy where if you don't turn to Jesus, you won't be saved, that type of thing. Oh, yeah, see, that's where I go. I tune out and go, let's not do the fear thing. But I realised then, I was like, well, you know what? There's things I don't agree with in spirituality. We all know, we all look at the internet and read teachings. We all go to retreats and seminars. We all listen to podcasts (laughs) and there'll be things just like we're saying now, that people won't agree with. You know, and I know for myself I could say I'm one of those people that probably with religion I tended to go, oh, well, I don't agree with that and not apply that same open-mindedness as I do to New Age where I go, I don't agree with that, that's okay, I don't resonate, I just won't take that in. Why couldn't I do that in a church where I get that beautiful feeling of faith and fellowship and worship? And I think those Energies of faith, worship and devotion, I'm going to talk about them in a moment in the paths of actualization, are missing from new age to a large degree, okay? 
Yes. I've had a moment there too where I felt like there's so much energy around the label of being a part of a particular religion that it's the assumption that others will assume that we are in alignment with the entire teachings of any particular religion if we are to participate. Mm. And so that's really what we don't have when we're searching the internet and following different, reading different blogs, etc., listening to podcasts. We don't have that. We can take in, you know, oh, that was a good point. That was a good point. That was a good point. I'll take that. Oh, no, don't like that. Let that one go. I love that. I think that's really important because I instantly, with your story of your second sermon where it was about fear, you know, if you don't love Jesus and have Jesus in your life, you know, you'll be damned to whatever. It wasn't the whole sermon, it was just a couple of elements that they wove through yes. the, day, the whole morning. Yeah. And so it's like, let that go and see what else this beautiful, wise person has got to share. It's interesting, though, because one of the criticisms I have been reading about New Age from Christianity, which I think is interesting given our discussion, is that they say that New Age tend to pick and choose what they like and they're not dealing with reality and they said that's very reflective of our modern world where we don't really deal with like the real stuff it's a bit of instant gratification type of mentality I could definitely see that a little bit and and was willing to take that on board Hmm. I find it an interesting blend when we talk about spirituality and self-development because the two in my world have become very blended And I'm not saying they have for everybody, but for me, they have. And so, therefore, there is self-ownership. Yet, I remember when I first started to put my toe in the water of the the spiritual realms and went off very bravely to a, a talk or a little circle group at somebody's home, I didn't feel comfortable fitting in because I wasn't in crushed purple crystal wearing. I had lipstick on, target clothes probably, and a cigarette hanging out my mouth. And I wasn't vegan, I wasn't high vibrational food eating. There was a lot of rules and regulations around that. And I did feel there was a hierarchy that I felt I didn't fit into and there was huge judgment. But I also felt that there was a lot of love. But what there wasn't was an ownership of the judgment. Mm. And yet, if we then look at the people that are doing the self-development, that come from self-development, there's the ownership of self, but there's the fear of stepping into the love vibration. That takes us beautifully onto what I call the two paths to self-actualization. And you can read about these in some Eastern teachings and so forth. So there's the path of knowledge or development, self-development, self-knowledge, and there's the path of devotion or the path of love. Now, in some of the material I was reading, they said, really, you take one or the other. And as with everything that I'm noticing as we step into this new age on earth, it's about the balance of yin and yang because we need both. And it's exactly what you're saying, that if we have all the knowledge and not the love, then we can get caught up in the judgment and, you know, sometimes that I call it spiritual superiority. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I think I've travelled down that self-knowledge path a bit. You get caught up in always processing things. And, you you know, you don't have the love there to balance it out. And so you can be forever fixing yourself. And then 
the path of devotion, what I've noticed, and that's more of a yin path. So see how everything's all about the unity of yin and yang. And the yin path tends to be more, um, and that's called bhakti, I think is the word, bhakti, the path of bhakti. That um, is more devotion where you're sitting like the silent retreats and so forth where they just meditate all day and the ashram sort of model. And at times they lack the self-awareness to bring that love into everyday life so they can hold that love and devotion in a spiritual moment. I've seen people stand up in seminars with major gurus at ashrams and they're like but how does that help me get a job <laughs> you know <laughs> and so this is where of course the worry comes from and the constant self-development I've had plenty of clients over the past oh years actually where at different points I've said to them I want you to stop reading the books stop going to the courses stop watching the dvds and just be celebrate where you are now be peaceful content tranquil happy in those beautiful, well-earned, gorgeous places. And I feel like it's time for that again for many people. And that ties beautifully in with being the open heart, bringing that really into our everyday existence and doing that through faith so that the worry, the heavy weight on the shoulders can be eased, lifted the mind can stop its endless cycle of seeking what shall I worry about now and just be. Exactly. That's what it's all about, just, you know, living a happy life. You know, that's what I call actually um, self-actualization is happy for no reason. There's a great book years ago, Happy for No Reason, I think it was Marcy Schmernoff, <laughs> and I just, to me that describes what, enlightenment is so to speak or self-actualization is just you know there's nothing external to you you're not attached into those external circumstances that's beautiful self-actualization is sometimes perceived as being an external thing where it's an internal thing and it can be i know it can be experienced from pushing through an upper limit and experiencing it but it's still an internal thing. That moment of self-actualization of just sitting and going, oh my goodness, I'm so happy. I have no reason externally to be feeling this bubble of joy inside me or peaceful joy, I call it. Uh, it's not manic, excited, off the charts joy. It's peaceful joy for no reason than just being is so divine. And I feel anybody that's listened to, I don't know, the 240 episodes of Love Life has got every tool possible in their belt to be experiencing this, to be going, I give up, throw the hands in the air, no more books, no more DVDs. You can still listen to our podcast though. <laughs> no more no more trying to work me out. I'm just going to be now and I'm going to open my heart and I'm going to be love. Mm. That's really where we're at. There's been a massive wave of Christ consciousness across the world and I do feel as well that's why, you know, these big churches and more modern churches are getting record numbers. They're making millions of dollars in a good way. I'm not saying they're profiteering. They're doing, they do so much good work because, you know, people want to connect with that Christ consciousness, which is the one heart, you know, the and it's unity. It's time for us to do that. We've, you know, a lot of people, as you said, they've been listening to these podcasts for a long time. They've been doing the work on themselves. And I realised we sort of get to a point where we end up creating, you could say, the illusion of problems, 
You know, if you're at that point where you're like, I thought I worked on that, maybe you have. Try, just try on switching to a more faith-based approach and a, a devotion approach, just sitting with the energies of whether it's nature or going to a church or sitting in meditation with an ascended master the divine feminine or whatever just try that and see how that works for you because you might find simply that those problems weren't really there (laughs) beautiful Rebecca do you feel too that part of the Christ consciousness to be able to have that open heart is it beneficial because you've had a big aha moment going to this uh, large gathering of people that were all in a gorgeous loving vibration And so many of us have been doing our work in solo and there is a crying out for wanting of a deeper connection with community. So I guess would we be encouraging therefore people, regardless of where they live, if they live in a little town and there's one little church and it's it's not your thing, to maybe go and give it a go and see Mm -hmm. if it just feels nice sitting with, maybe it's just a dozen people, but it's 11 more than you have been sitting with and sit in that energy of wanting to be the best versions of themselves coming from love, even if you don't agree with what is perhaps being taught at any given moment. But see if you can feel that beautiful heart connection of we are all connected. And then if you're lucky enough to live in a city where there's the big churches, go check them out, go give it a go. And I know that I always feel a little bit envious when I travel to countries that have beautiful ceremony and rituals, such as, you know, just recently being in Bali with the beautiful Hinduism, where, you know, they are, that is multiple times a day, they are embracing their rituals. And it is such a feeling of love. And we lack so much of that in our lives now. Look, even going into a Catholic church and smelling the beautiful incense and seeing all of the candles lit and the incredibly ornate structure of the cathedrals and churches, I mean, that's beautiful, loving vibration just there. Yes, I think the experience that I had at Hillsong was divinely led because the day before I was having a city escape in Sydney with my husband and we stayed across from Hyde Park and across from St Mary's Cathedral, which is the main cathedral in in Sydney or one of the main cathedrals and um, obviously very much dedicated to Mother Mary and I'd never been in there and my husband hadn't we were amazed and we had a beautiful feeling in there and we didn't even attend a service or anything we just were able to connect in so I was very much guided that weekend and also I've been reading about the Greek Orthodox faiths and some Catholic churches have a very strong dedication and connection to Mother Mary. So that could be something you could also check out if you're really drawn to that divine feminine is to go to a service at one of those. You've just reminded me where my little holiday place down at Normanville is, five minutes away is Yankalilla, which is where Mother Mary has appeared on the wall of a church and Mary McKillop. So this is part of her congregation. And that little church is so tiny. And so for those of you in South Australia listening, go for a drive and go for a walk in there. The church is open pretty much 24-7, I think, for people to be able to go in. It's super tiny and it's so beautiful, has such a lovely feel. And I just think doing all of these things to bring us to a point of reminder of faith and that others too are working on their faith and their open heart 
and let's find reasons to connect at a greater rate than we have been rather than finding the reasons to disconnect is going to make our souls sing. Oh, this is just such a powerful message, Jane, and so needed. I could feel the energies coming in for this this session and I could feel the Divine Feminine coming in very much so Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene and so forth. And I feel that sometimes New Age was created to break away from all the, you could say, the shadow side of religion and so forth. But I can see now how all of us really just walked away from the church and almost stayed in that judgment. So you could say we've been just as guilty, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yes. And so that wheel of all faiths is coming to mind where we have to start building the bridges. So, yeah, I really feel the power in that. You know, I learned so much just from going to that church service that I went to. And for me, it's built bridges within me and within the community as well. So I think, yeah, I think this is a really powerful message. It's time for us to be out of the separation of any spirituality or religion and be in the unity of it. There's room for all faiths and there's love within all faiths. That is so beautiful. I want to add a final thing that if people are struggling, like I have done in the past with acceptance of shadow side of of any large corporation or, or anything at all that you're struggling with accepting when you know there are parts of it that you love but there are parts you hate, Just think of your own people in your life that you individually love, whether it's a partner, children, best friends. Think of how you accept them in their wholeness and yet you know the parts of them that maybe trigger you, that maybe you don't particularly love as much as the other parts that you do, but you accept it because the value that they bring to your world as a whole is worth it. And I think that's what we can look at is that nobody is perfect. No one system is perfect. Nothing is perfect. So acceptance of that actually also eases the pain of the shoulders of carrying the weight of the world. We don't have to stand up for every little thing any longer. We can just embrace the beautiful. Yeah. I Also, what I'd love to say is use that self-development work, use that open heart to take into any um, what you might have perceived as different faiths because really I've found so far we're all talking about the same thing really and what I took when I was a bit triggered by one of the messages in the church was, you know, Jesus will save you from your sins and it's only through following Jesus that you'll be saved from your sins. So instead of going into my maybe older patterns based on my religious wounding in my soul of, ah, get me out of here, I was like, hmm, what does that really mean? And I looked at it archetypically. I looked at the archetypes. What are they really saying? To me, all the reference to the sin in the Bible is your ego, and your shadow side. Ah. So obvious when you get it. I'm like, oh, my God. Yes. And then, of course, Christ, Jesus is could be metaphoric, whether, you know, he was a person or not, but metaphoric to Christ consciousness so that, you know, heart energy will save you from your ego. And what do we do in spirituality? That's all we work on, opening the heart and minimize the influence of the ego. <laughs> so I looked at it like that. And so every time they say that, I'm not triggered anyone. I'm like, yeah, oh, right on. 
That's fabulous, isn't it? Because we do have so much ability from the self-development we've done to be able to look at the aha moments, to be able to look at the self and be able to take those lessons into how somebody else is interpreting something. So without having had these decades of having left the church and doing our own path, we can now bring those tools back to the church with a greater awareness and understanding of the messages that are being Shared. And really as well, because obviously, you know, there's a lot of media around different religions and some of the bad stuff happening, that that wasn't the religion, it was the man, the ego inside that's doing all of that. And that's why I think as well, I was working with the energy of blind faith. So that's where you have faith without discernment. And in the old days, of course, people got thrown these religious teachings, Bibles, and they couldn't read, they weren't educated and so forth. So Blind faith can be very unhealthy and blind faith doesn't have the energy. It's all devotion and no self-knowledge. So a lot of the time, you know, maybe priests, pedophiles and so forth, they would have that devotion and that faith, but they didn't have the knowledge to look inside themselves and look at their ego, look at their shadow to work with that. Yeah, so I think that whole path, again, coming back to the self-knowledge and the devotion need to be balanced through the heart. Beautiful. Any final words, gorgeous? Well, I always come back when I think of faith, I think of the beautiful George Michael and he sang about it and he just said, you've got to have faith. That is a gorgeous way to end. That's beautiful. My take-home quote today from Rebecca's beautiful words is, it's time to move away from separation with spirituality and religion and move to a place of unity within it. I deeply believe there is love in all faiths and all religions. And if we take the time to feel this, to experience this, and move to connect with this, then we really can become part of the solution, a solution of heart-centered connectiveness with all. I hope that you've enjoyed today's episode and that this too inspires you to move towards a more inclusive world. And if you'd like to get in touch with Rebecca Brown, please head to her website, which is soultosoul.com.au. But before you go, I also want to share a really funny story here. Rebecca mentions in the recording, the George Michael song, You've Got to Have Faith. Now, I wanted to add a snippet of the song to this recording, so I went into my standard website that I use that I convert YouTube clips to MP3 clips, then grab the little bit that we want and pop it in. As I did that, my computer froze and a computer-generated voiceover on repeat blared through the speakers that I had a virus. So one computer down... Thankfully, I have a backup computer, and that is, that's to ensure that I can get these recordings out. However, I wasn't going to risk another virus and have chosen instead for you to sing the George Michael song in your head. The irony here, of course, is I'm not really sure why this happened with such a great song on such a beautiful topic of inclusiveness with faith. However, I trust the universe had a purpose, or perhaps this was... Again, once more, my upstairs management team demonstrating their sense of humour. So there you go. Sing along. You got to have faith, faith, faith. It's a shame I wasn't doing this recording with our other Love Life favourite, Nikki Huskis, who, of course, is a divine singer and being a recording artist, she would have done a much better job. But until next week, remind yourself, all is well. It really is. 
Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening. And it's a beautiful day.